0: Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. And well, God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Good to see everybody here. And uh, Sister Juanita keeps filling up her pew. Amen. Um, I forgot the names of your two grandchildren. What was their name? I know that. They moved to Marion. Raphael, Raphael and his sister. She had a pretty name. What was her name? Angelica. They moved off to Marion. Some of you may have wondered where they went. So since they moved out of town, sister Juanita starts bringing other family and their friends. Amen. Where'd the girls go? They went out. Tell them we're glad they're here. Yeah. Amen. Let's give all of them a hand. Praise God. Praise God. Sister Anita has a beautiful pink shirt on tonight. I was told recently, I'm the last to learn these things because I'm just like an ostrich with my head stuck in the sand concerning fads and customs change especially what ladies and mothers do but uh, i was told just recently that there was a fad in our country or i don't know where all it extends to that that newborn babies mothers weren't dressing their babies in pink or blue anymore but they were regardless of what gender they were and there's still only two genders uh, I haven't heard of anything besides boys and girls being born. But instead of dressing them in blue or pink, they were dressing them in neutral colors. That was the fad. Have you heard of that, Sister Tiffin? Okay. Well, I don't know. Sister Anita's got the pink, the girl pink on tonight. Good for you, Sister Anita. I thought what I'd do tonight with the permission of the Lord, and I do pray every week about every time about what I'm going to present to you from the pulpit, Uh, I'm going to do something a little different tonight, this first Wednesday night Bible study. And uh, I'm going to bring you some information tonight. You may or may not have wondered about this particular uh, circumstance, but uh, I think you'll find it interesting, at least I hope so. But um, I was reading an article recently about religion in the world. And uh, you know, for mankind to have started way back at the beginning uh, in the Garden of Eden when there was just one man and one woman, having a relationship with God, the one true God, the only God that ever has been or ever will be, to, to see that human Uh, kind has evolved over the years in their worshiping God to have changed so much, it's really mind-boggling that mankind went from the one true God in the Garden of Eden, recognizing him as God. Now, Adam and Eve did have problems, and they sinned. They disobeyed God. But uh, for hundreds of years, uh, men recognized God uh, until uh, mankind turned away from God for the most part and God decided to destroy all of mankind except for Noah and his family because man had become so wicked. But uh, somewhere along the way, Because of his sin nature, man began to figure out ways to uh, circumvent or go around or even flat out forget the one true God known to his people in the Old Testament as Jehovah. He came to earth in the form of flesh. We just... Talked a lot about that the last few weeks around Christmas time in the form of a man. His name was Jesus Christ. He ascended back into heaven after he had accomplished the work of Calvary's cross, providing salvation for anybody who wants it. And then he returned just uh, a few days after he ascended back into heaven, his bodily form did, as the Holy Ghost. And now he covers the world and lives in the heart of whosoever wants him to do that. But for hundreds of years, thousands of years, man still has sought for somebody else or something else to worship. And uh, many of us who know this one true God and we have this one-on-one relationship with him where he lives on the inside of us by the Holy Ghost in filling us. That's the Spirit of God indwelling us. We wonder, I know that you do, just like I do, wonder why? How could man, how could so many people in the world today, I don't remember what the latest count is, I think somewhere around 7 billion people on the face of planet Earth. How could so many of them not know about the one true God and not worship the one true God? What are they doing? Well, I'm going to answer that question tonight and tell you what they're doing regarding religion and worshiping a God. So we're going to get an education tonight in the religions of the world. Brother, if you'd start us off. And I'm going to tell you tonight the top 20 largest religion religions in the world and talk about them a little bit. And I want to start with a disclaimer. I've told you before, I was taught many years ago, a preacher really needs to not just preach what he wants to preach, what God tells him to preach, but sometimes it's best for him to put in a little caveat, a little side note of what he's not preaching, okay, what I'm not saying. Uh I want to talk about the word religion just for a second or two or three or 30. We uh, really aren't a part of a religion. Uh, The word religion is the world's label for it, worshiping God. Worshiping God is really not a religion, okay? Uh, It's an experience. It's a relationship. It is an all-consuming lifestyle. But for the sake of clarity tonight and and our understanding of how man, human beings, look at this thing of worshiping a deity, a divine being, we're going to use the word religion tonight. And uh, so you understand, we really aren't a religion. Apostolic Pentecostalism. That's what we are, an apostolic Pentecostal church. We're Pentecostal because we believe uh, like the apostles did in the New Testament church and speaking in other tongues just like they did in the New Testament. Uh, Some people would say, well, that faded away over time. No, no, no. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If the New Testament church spoke in tongues, then we ought to today. I've been doing it for several decades now. I wouldn't trade it for anything but apostolic means, that's what the word Pentecostal means. Usually when a, when a church or a denomination has the word Pentecostal in their name, it means they believe in speaking in other tongues or other languages, just like on the day of Pentecost when the church began. Okay, in Acts chapter 2, and the Holy Ghost was poured out, and they all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. People who still believe in that and practice that, are called Pentecostals or call themselves Pentecostals usually. Then you tack on the word apostolic in front of Pentecostals because not all Pentecostals, not all people who believe in speaking in other tongues are apostolic. What does that mean? Apostolic simply means we believe all of the New Testament and the apostles are the ones that wrote it and we believe that uh, we should worship God and serve God and live for God according to the way they did it and what they taught and what they preached. It's called the Apostles' Doctrine. Doctrine's very important. It tells us how to be saved, tells us how to stay saved. So the Apostles taught a couple of things, then they preached and practiced a couple of things that most of Christianity doesn't. One of those is speaking in other tongues. I've already mentioned that. But the other two are they believed in the oneness of God, not three different distinct persons, As Trinitarians believe, that was a doctrine that you will not find in the Bible. It wasn't taught or preached by the apostles. It came along several decades later. In fact, it was the year 325 A.D. that the Trinitarian formula for baptism was actually adopted by the Catholic Church officially. But apostolic means teaching it and preaching it and believing it and practicing the way the apostles did. The other thing that the apostles believed in very, very strongly, and that was that baptism should be done by immersion, completely dunking the baptismal candidate, and the words that are spoken over them are the name of Jesus Christ. You won't find anybody in the Bible anywhere that was ever baptized in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They were all baptized in the name of Jesus. So, uh, but let's get back to this thing called religion. We're going to talk about us Christians tonight, but uh, what, what, what are people uh, out there worshiping tonight, today? What will you find people actually giving their life to and, and, and giving their uh, loyalty to as far as who and what they believe about God. There's some really far-out ideas out there in our country and around the world as far as people worshiping uh, and, and, and how they go about doing that. Uh, there are literally hundreds of religions in the world. Isn't that, isn't that While that that man has come up with hundreds of different ways to worship a God, and it's deviated from the one true God, they've come up with hundreds of them. Uh, It just boggles my mind. Several of these religions date back several thousand years. Some are as recent as 50 or 60 years ago, very new on the world, saying, What Which ones are the world's most popular? Well, we're going to take a look tonight at the top 20 most practiced religions around the globe. And I'm going to break them down for you to see just how popular they are and where they're practiced. And and what makes each of them unique. The first one is, how did I do that? Rastafarianism, let's see, I looked it up last night to make sure I pronounce it right. Give me a second. Rastafarianism. You want to try to say that with me? I'm going to say it again. Try if you want to. Ready? Rastafarianism. Rastafarianism is um, a religion that was born in Jamaica it has 600, about 600,000 people who believe in it. Yeah, the, the, the 20th largest. Okay, get that in your mind. We're going to start with number 20 and, and work our way up to number 1, the most, uh, uh, the largest, the, the most people, uh, religion that people believe in. So, the 20th largest has 600,000 people that believe in it. This is one tenth or one one hundredth of a percent of all religions. The countries it's most popular in are Jamaica, uh, Anglophone, Caribbean, United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, New Zealand, and Anglophone parts of Africa. What is it? It is a movement that is spiritual and rooted in the belief that the Ethiopian Emperor Halley Selassie, the first in 1930, began. He started this religion. Uh, Its roots can be traced back to the 1700s in Africa, especially during the time of slavery. Selassie, the man who started this religion, is believed to be a descendant, now listen to this, of King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba. Now, you remember during Solomon's reign, this is David's son, uh, the third king of Israel in the Old Testament. Solomon, uh, God gifted with uh, wisdom. He was the wisest man uh, who's ever lived, according to the Bible, at least in the past. And the queen of Sheba, the Bible tells us his story, came to visit him. And it says that she said, This, after looking at all of his wealth and and sitting down with him and having conversations with him and asking him questions, she said, the half has not been told of your wealth and your wisdom. Well, this religion is based on the rumor that those two got together. And this man who started this religion is a descendant from them, so the story goes. Of course, we have no way of knowing whether that's true or not. The Bible doesn't say anything about that. Most Rastafarians believe in a Christian God. His name is Jah, J-A-H, which is a shortened form of Jehovah. They believe that Jesus came to earth, but they regard the founder, Emperor Selassie, as the Messiah, and he was actually Christ who came back a second time and was reborn. Uh, Really, really strange. Let's move on. Nineteen, 19th largest religion in the world, has 800,000 constituents. It's called Unitarian Universalism. It comprises, again, one one-hundredth percent of all religions. It's popular in the United States, the Philippines, Canada, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. What is it? It came from Protest- the Protestant Reformation in the 1400s. It began in Poland and Eastern Europe, Eastern Europe on into the 1500s. It moved to England by the 1600s. Today, there are about a thousand congregations of this religion here in North America. They are much more about humanism than theism. Theism means being about God. Uh, The religion, it's like several of these religions, it's really a conglomeration of other religions falling under their umbrella. Uh, In fact, some Christians, some Jews, some Buddhists, some humanists, and others uh, consider themselves to be Unitarian uh, they, interestingly enough, the North American uh, sect believes in the unity of God and rejects the Trinity. Huh? How about that? Uh, and they have been influenced by the philosophies of Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau. Number eighteen, Neo-Paganism. Number of adherents about a million. Again, one hundredth of 1% of all religious people in the world call themselves neo-pagans. They're found in Ireland, Latin, Europe, Scandinavia, United Kingdom, Baltics, United States, and Australia. This, again, is one of those religions that incorporates several other sub-religions. The largest of those sub-religions is the Wicca movement. You may have heard of Wicca. They have witches. They're supposed to be quote-unquote white witches or good witches. I don't know that much about it. The second group in this category is the Neo-Druidism religion. Both of these were introduced last century in the 1900s in Great Britain. Wicca was introduced by Gerald Gardner in 1964. It's a modern pagan religion with nobody really as a central authority figure. Typically, this religion worships a goddess and a god like the moon goddess and the horned god. Their celebrations revolve around the cycles of the moon. Many Wiccans believe in magic and ritual practices are often a part of their tradition. Wiccans believe that they are positive forces against the powers of destruction In the world. Number 17 is a religion, I've never heard of this one until now, Tenrico. It uh, has 2 million people approximately, and they have two hundredths of percent of all religions. It's popular in Japan, the U.S., Colombia, Philippines, and the United Kingdom. Tenrico, uh, I don't know how this is possible, but my information tells me it's one of the newer Japanese religions that Uh, is neither monotheistic or polytheistic. The word monotheistic, one God. Theism means God. Uh, I don't know how you can neither be one God or many gods. Polytheism means many gods. Looks like you have to believe in one or many. Maybe they don't believe in any. But, uh, well, they do. They believe in Sukihi, which is the God of origin. And Ogami-sama, which is God the parent who revealed themselves to uh, the woman who founded this religion, her name was Nakayama Miki. And uh, so, see, many religions start with a single person who comes up with the idea and they start it, they start a religion, such as Mr. Joseph Smith, who started The Mormon church in the 1800s. But then some religions uh, just kind of form themselves over a period of time without really one central figure or leader. The aim of this religion is to promote, quote, the joyous life which is achieved through charitable acts, doing good. And see, this is often a trait when man comes up with a religion that he invents himself that doesn't come from God or the Bible, it is doing good deeds. And how many times do we read, in the New Testament especially, we can't be saved by doing good deeds. But man still tries in spite of what God says. Uh, Joyous life that they tout is absent of greed, selfishness, hatred, anger, and arrogance. They believe in karma. Talk about that a little bit later. Number 16, 16th most popular religion in the world. has 2.6 million constituents. It's two hundredths of all of the religious people in the world. It is popular in Iran and India. Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrianism began about 4,000 years ago during the time of the Persian Empire there were two kings mentioned, maybe more, but I remember two in the Bible who were kings of Persia, Babylon. Uh, one's name was Darius. I believe Daniel was in captivity in Babylon during Darius's reign. And the other one was Cyrus. And this religion started... Uh, as I said, in Persia, which later became Iran many, many hundreds of years later, uh, and it was the state religion of the three Persian empires until uh, the Muslims conquered Persia in 600 uh, A.D. It began with a prophet Zoroaster, thus the name Zoroastrianism. And this religion actually helped shape the Persian Empire. It, as you can see in the picture, is real big on symbols and fire and water. And it has an altar in the temple, their temple with eternal flame. Next, we have Chaldae. Chaldae, 4 million people, four hundredths percent of all religions. It is practiced in, primarily in Vietnam. It is a monotheistic. They believe in one God, religion established in southern Vietnam in the 1920s. It translates to highest power. Uh, dai is the guardian deity that followers believe created the universe. And uh, they believe, people who believe this religion believe, that in 1925, God identified himself to the first group of dai mediums who continued to play integral roles in the growth of the religion. And according to their doctrine, God and humanity are destined at some point in the future to unite and establish faith for the salvation of living beings before the apocalypse. Very similar to what the Bible says is actually going to happen. And you'll find this is true of many religions of the world. They base a lot of uh, their beliefs, or at least some of them, on Christianity and what is found in the Bible. They renounce riches and luxury, believe in one God, strive for harmony in their environment. Number fourteen is Shintoism. Shintoism as you can see it's practiced in the Far East as well as in Brazil and the United States. Japan Shintoism refers to the indigenous religious beliefs from Japan. In other words, this originated in Japan. Uh, It came into being to kind of provide an alternative to people who did not want to believe or be a part of Buddhism. Uh, Buddhism came to Japan in the 6th century, so in the 500s. And uh, somebody came up with an alternative to Buddhism. It's uh, mainly found in Japan. Buddhism was introduced in 552, and uh, the religions began to kind of mix together, and they kind of uh, have similar aspects to one another. The 13th most popular religion in the world is Jainism. Not named after a woman named Jane, but Jainism. 4.2 It's 4.2 million people. In it, four hundredths of uh, all religions in the world. It's popular in India, Suriname, Fiji, Kenya, and Nepal. And starting with this slide, you're going to see a percentage number next to the countries. That number represents the percent of that country's population that believes in that religion so three tenths of India's population believes in Jainism now that number is going to go up it's found in India surname Fiji Kenya and Nepal Jainism is a religion that started in India and it teaches quote a path to enlightenment through nonviolence to all living things it is the oldest religion in India uh, alongside Hinduism and Buddhism. And there's a lot of similarities between those three. They don't really have a historical founder. But Jains, that's what you're called if you believe in Jainism, J-A-I-N-S, plural. Jains believe that no one can uh, achieve liberation in this lifetime because corruption is everywhere. Their goal is to completely purify the soul, which only happens when our souls are freed from our bodies, which I guess is also called death. Through karma, people can achieve full self realization and freedom of the soul. Jain doctrine states that all phenomena are linked in a chain of cause and effect. That's basically what karma means. Uh, And they also believe in showing kindness to every living thing. Number 12 is an interesting one. I've heard it all my life. I have some cousins who believe in this faith, religion called Baha'i. Baha'i. And uh, I don't know very much about it from talking with family members, but uh, there are 7 million people approximately in the world, 7 hundredths. Of all religions. It's popular in Belize, Bolivia, Zambia, and on down. I'm not going to read all those. Uh, the one it's most popular in Belize, 2.5% of the population believe in the Baha'i faith. What is it? It was born in what is now called Iran, Iran in 1844 was started by a young man who called himself and this is capitalized the bab B A B T H E space B A B the bab he proclaimed that a messenger would arrive from god who would be the next prophet and uh, his teaching spread rapidly they were viewed as heretical by the government by in other words false doctrine by the government of persia and more than 20,000 of his followers were brutally executed because of that. He himself was executed in 1850. That's only six years after he started this religion. Another individual arose named Mirza Husyan Ali who gave up his life of privilege to become one of the leaders of the religion. Over the course of his life he gained a substantial following even though he was forced to live in exile from Persia, which later became Iran. And uh, it's basically been a member of his family. His son was the leader after he died. A member of the family has remained in leadership. Uh, In 1963, the Universal House of Justice was elected to direct the affairs of the Baha'i community worldwide. Here's one that's familiar to all of us. Number 11, 11th most popular, 11th largest religion in the world is Judaism, the religion of the Jews, God's people in the natural. 14 million approximately today, and you're not going to be able to read that. I probably should have gotten rid of the bottom half and because uh, it's not important anyway, so you could just see the top half. It... it uh, constitutes 18 hundredths of 1%. Less than a quarter of 1% of all religious people in the world practice Judaism. Of course, the main country that it's popular in is Israel. And if you can read this, 73% of Israel's population practices Judaism. So it's pretty much the religion. In Israel uh, the next largest two percent of Gibraltar that's one of the Mediterranean countries uh, I believe at the tip of Spain near Portugal and the third largest practicing country of Judaism is the United States where 1.76 percent of our population practice Judaism and then we go on further down the countries of the world uh, If you've ever wondered what the world's oldest monotheistic or one God-believing religion is, it's Judaism, Uh, even though it is one of the least widely practiced religions in the world. Essential to the Jewish faith is a belief in one God who has built a covenant or an agreement with his people, God communicates through prophets, rewards good deeds, and punishes evil ones. Unlike Christianity and Islam, the Jews do not believe that their Messiah has arrived yet. We knew that, didn't we? Because they rejected him when he came the first time. But he's coming back, and he's going to give them a second chance. Praise God. According to Jewish history, God first presented himself to a man called Abraham, who became known as the father of Judaism. It was with Abraham that God made his covenant, and then his son Isaac, and then his son Jacob, who took the name of Israel. Thus, his people became known as Israelites throughout history. Well, wow, this is really uh, prevalent in our world today, even in our country. Throughout history, Jewish people have been persecuted for their religious beliefs, which led in time to the creation of the country Israel. And there are different sects, S-E-C-T-S, or different divisions of Judaism ranging from very liberal to very conservative, just like there are in Christianity, all different kinds. Number 10, 10th largest religion in the world is spiritism. This is another one of those religions that's a conglomeration uh, of of different peoples. It actually has 15 million people that believe in it. Almost 2% of all religions believe in spiritism. Countries it's most popular in Cuba, 10% of Cubans practice spiritism, 10% of Jamaica, then Brazil, about 5%, then The rest of the countries, usually most of them are in South or Central America. Um, Spiritism is a philosophy that did have somebody who started it in uh, the 1800s. A French educator named Hippolyte Leon Denizard Raval, although he went by a different name. The philosophy of spiritism says that humans and other living creatures are immortal spirits they got that right, that temporarily inhabit a physical body. They got that right. You see how some of these uh, have similarities to the truth? It also relies, uh, oh, wait a minute. The philosophy of spiritism says that humans and other living creatures are immortal spirits that temporarily inhabit a physical body, but it relies heavily on the belief that spirits without bodies still exist in the physical world. Can you think of the word ghost? Kardec developed his theory after reported observations that he made during seances. So here you have a religion that started with seances. Does everybody know what seances are? It's when people get together in a dark room and pretend like they can contact the dead, somebody who has already died but their spirit still hangs around. Spiritism does believe in a God. It also holds the tenet that spirits can communicate with living people, that other planets in the universe have some kind of inhabitants on them, Uh, There are people called mediums who communicate between the physical world and the spiritual world. Spiritism has a presence all over the world, but the majority of people who believe in it live in, as I said, Latin America, South America, Central America, and the Caribbean. Number nine is Sikhism, ninth most popular religion in the world, has 30 million people Just under a half of a percent of all religions believe in it. It is most prominent in India, where about 2% of the population believe in it. Sikhism originated in the Punjab state of India, where 61% of the population in that state, India is divided into different states like the United States, 61% in that state believe in the Sikh. Religion. But they have immigrated all over the world. Punjab, that state in India, is the only place where they hold the majority of the population. This faith, Sikh faith, dates back only as far as 1500 when a man named Guru Nanak began teaching a faith that was different from the two religions that were already in India, Hinduism and Islam. Sikhs are monotheists. They only believe in one God, unlike Hindus who believe uh, in many gods. Today, a true religious Sikh identifies him or herself as one who serves the community around them as well as cultivating their own spiritual. Then we have another one of those religions that's a conglomeration of many different religions, African traditional religions. There are about 100 million of them, and they constitute 1% of all religions of the world. Countries they're most popular in, you see the list there of African nations, uh, Congo, Kenya, Tanzania, Uganda, Ethiopia, Zambia, Malawi, South Africa, and on, pretty much all of these are in Africa. The tradition, traditional religions of Africa are... Uh, some of the oldest in the world, and they're generally different from one another. They have a few things in common. They don't have a written basis of authority or document Bible that they go by. Their religious teaching and training and customs and traditions are passed down orally from generation to generation by word of mouth, rather than having a written Bible, so to speak. Many of them have not just one God. They have a system of of many deities, including higher gods and lower gods, uh, uh, like a supreme creator and then a counselor of lesser gods underneath that supreme creator. Uh, at the core of many of these African religions is something called animism, which includes worshiping beings in nature like animals. Can you think back to the Old Testament when God said to his people, don't do like those heathen nations and make statues and, and replicas of animals and bow down and worship those instead of me. Uh, but not only do they worship Things in nature, beings in nature, like animals, they also worship their ancestors, many of these African religions. I remember our missionaries talking about going to Malawi and Madagascar, two nations where uh, they have ancestor worship. They told stories about watching at particular feasts or celebrations, uh, whether it was once a year or several times a year, I don't remember, but the, the people would go and dig up the bones, the skeletons of their dead ancestors and have ceremonies of worshiping them. Far out. Man can go a long way away from God when he decides he wants to do that, can he? Many of them hold a belief in the afterlife. They honor their deities by sacrificing animals, by bringing them food, flowers, and precious stones, Uh, These African religions are spread among 43 different countries uh, below the Sahara Desert. Number seven, coming down the home stretch, ethnic and indigenous religions. Again, a grouping of several different religions under one category. The word indigenous means it started in that country or in that place. There are about 170 million who fall in this category, 1.7% of all religions in the world. Countries they're most popular in, 50% of Haiti, 50% of Guinea-Bissau. Then you've got Cameroon, Togo, and many places in islands out in the sea, the Pacific, South Pacific, uh, also in Africa, on the continent of Africa, several of these. uh, These ethnic and indigenous religions, Uh, actually define part of the culture in which they exist and the languages. And they can be found in all of the continents of the world. And uh, they're different from religions uh, like Christianity and Islam and Buddhism in that they don't try to convert other people to their religion. In other words, you have to be born into the family. Okay, we're adopted into the family by obeying the plan of salvation, but these religions, you have to be born there. Some examples of these ethnic or indigenous religions include African traditions, Shinto, I mentioned that a while ago, the Maya of Mexico, among many, many others. Then there are Chinese traditional religion. This is 300 million people, about 3% of all religions it's popular in Taiwan and, of course, China. Now, I thought, before researching this lesson, I thought that most of China was uh, Buddhist. But actually, this is the largest religion in China, but it only encompasses 30% of Chinese people. 30% of the Chinese population uh, are a part of the Chinese traditional Religion, and it's the most popular form of religion in China and Taiwan. And their beliefs again rely on ancestors and nature and trying to cast out harmful forces and spirits. Now, during the 11th century, which would be the 1000s, these beliefs of this religion were melded with Buddhist uh, traditions and Taoist teachings. And so they kind of have conglomerated together and make up uh, the principles of the modern-day religion known as Chinese religion. Uh, one, of the, one of the philosophies that they have is called, you may have heard of this, yin and yang. Yin and yang simply means quesara, whatever it will be. Well, it means there's a, everything is twofold. Uh, there's good and bad, there's righteousness and evil, yin and yang, which they feel like is how the universe is set up. All right, the fifth largest religion in the world is Buddhism, 521 million approximately people, 7% of all religions. And uh, I was surprised at the list of countries. Cambodia is where it's most practiced, 97% of Cambodians are Buddhist. 93% in Thailand, 80% in Myanmar. Uh, China is all the way down the list that only 18% of Chinese are Buddhist. And then Vietnam, Hong Kong, and so forth. What is Buddhism? It can be traced back to a man by the name of Siddhartha Gautama. He was the first Buddha. I guess he's the one that's you see the statue of with the big pot belly? I don't know if that's him or not, but he founded the religion more than 2,500 years ago in India. And Siddhartha Gautama was born as a prince in Nepal, gave up his royal lifestyle seeking to live a life without indulgences but also without deprivation. He didn't want to have it too bad. He wasn't going to be a monk and live in a convent somewhere. He died in 483 BC, after which his followers organized the movement that has developed into what is now spread around the world as Buddhism. Buddhism's principles involved living a life in such a way as to achieve enlightenment, uh, which is a state of inner peace. There is no focus on a supreme God or deity. Once followers have reached this spiritual plane, they are said to have reached something called nirvana. To reach enlightenment, followers of Buddhism must live their lives morally. They must use meditation and wisdom to, quote, help awaken truth. The most important teachings of Buddhism are known as the Four Noble Truths. They believe in karma. Fourth most popular religion in the world, Hinduism, 1.15 billion people. Now, that's uh, quite a jump. Buddhism was 521 million. That's half a billion, one half of a billion people. You jump to 1.15 billion, believe in Hinduism, 15% of all religious people call themselves Hindus, and uh, it is most popular in the country of Nepal, where 81% adhere to it, 798 80% of India uh, are Hindus, and then on down to these various countries. I know you may have trouble reading them. Uh, supposedly, this is the oldest religion in the world. And I say supposedly because we know it's not, because we know that Adam was not a Hindu. Adam was a one God, Jehovah, worshiping man. Uh, So, the oldest religion is not Hinduism. But that's what historians say because it dates back more than 4,000 years, which actually makes it older. It goes back in time before Abraham. So, it's older than Judaism, but unlike uh some other religions, like Christianity, there is no one person who founded or started Hinduism. In fact, it's not a single religion at all, but it's made up of many different beliefs. But at the core, they call it, instead of a religion, they call it a way of life, which is kind of like what I said at the beginning. We do, right? Right. Uh, and I believe that. We're not a part of a religion, and we are part of a way of life, the way of life that God intended for us to live. Amen? Most forms of Hinduism worship a single god. His name is Brahman. But they recognize other gods and goddesses, and they believe in something called reincarnation, which means when you die, you come back. I was talking to somebody the other day who was... Uh, talking about it, and I can't remember his name. It was somebody that doesn't go to church. I just met out in my making my way through the streets of Mount Vernon who believed in reincarnation. He said he wanted to come back. Uh, oh, he was glad he hasn't come back as a sidewalk. Most scholars believe Hinduism originated near modern-day Pakistan, it relies on the concept of karma and dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A. Karma is a universal law of cause and effect. Okay, I'm going to bring this to a close tonight. Number three. Now, there are some religions I haven't got to yet. Uh, and one of them, of course, you know what number one is. Somebody tell me what it is. Christianity, followers of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a whole lot of different flavors, but Christianity is number one. Number two, and number three, number two you won't be surprised at. But number three, I was surprised at the third largest, third most popular religion in the world. Would someone like to take a guess as to what that is? I can't hear you. Nope. Nope. Catholic falls under Christianity. You're close with the Muslim. Islam is actually the name of the religion. That's number two. Yeah. Number three, would you believe atheism? Now, most of you here know tonight what atheism is. Atheism is uh, simply the absence of a belief in any kind of God. Don't believe in God. Don't believe there is a God. Don't believe there's any God. Now, some atheists uh, take offense to them being called a religion, uh, it is the third largest group of. Uh, actually, they're non-religious, but there are 1.2 billion of them in the world. 16% of the world's po- of all religions. Uh, it's practiced most in Estonia, which is 77% of the population. This is amazing. Czech Republic, 76% of the people are atheists. In Japan, 76% of the population are atheists. Uh, Vietnam, 63%. Hong Kong, 57%. France, 54%. Our missionaries have said for years, Europe and, and Asia are tough fields to plow with the gospel because atheism is so rampant. Look at this. United Kingdom, 42%. Uh, Germany forty percent and on down the list. Uh, it is the atheism is just simply the lack of a belief system and lack of a religion. Uh, and the American atheist society or official, organization, whatever, if you belong to the American Atheist, it's some kind of organization. They have said this, quote, if atheism is a religion, and I have to listen close, if atheism is a religion, they say, then not collecting stamps is a hobby. Now, let me explain that for you in case you didn't get it. Okay, stamp collecting is a hobby, right? They, the, the atheists say about themselves, if we really are a religion, then if you don't collect stamps, then you're engaging in a hobby called not collecting stamps, which is a farce, right? That's crazy. In other words, they are offended when you call them religious or that atheism is a religion. Some of the terms you may have heard that, that are associated with atheism are agnostic, Uh, Humanist, secular, but atheism really is the absence of religion. And it is sad that it is growing in our country and in our world. Number two, of course, second most practiced religion in the world and the fastest growing by far is Islam. 1.8 billion people, 24% of all religions, Countries it's most popular in, Afghanistan, is 99.7%, 98%. Uh, Islam, they practice Islam. Uh, it, the The name of the religion is Islam. If you practice Islam, you're called a Muslim, okay? Uh, Tunisia, 99.5%. Iran, 99%. Look at all these. They're all in the mid to high 90s, and most of them are in the Middle East, Um or close to it. Islam, the roots of Islam, go back many centuries. uh, And even though it's the second-widest practiced religion in the world, it is one of the most uh, youngest. It is the youngest of the major religions in the world. It started in the city of Mecca, which is in present-day Saudi Arabia. It centers around the life of the prophet, quote unquote, he called himself a prophet who started the religion by the name of, got any historians here? Starts with an M, Muhammad. Muhammad came along, and uh, Muslims who practice the religion of Islam believe that God, who they call Allah, showed to his prophet, Muhammad all of the teachings of Allah's law, God's law, they call him God and Allah, and they believe, now listen to this, they believe that the angel Gabriel, who you read about in the Bible, came from heaven to the prophet Muhammad and gave him their religion. Wrote it down in a book called the Quran. That is their basis for authority. That's their Bible. Seems to me I can hear the Apostle Paul saying in one of his epistles in the book that is called the Word of God, if I, he said, come back to you, or even an angel from heaven comes down preaching any other gospel than that which I have preached to you, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, let that person be accursed. The word accursed literally, excuse my language, means being damned to hell for eternity. By the way, the Mormons, Joseph Smith, their founder, got their... Book of Mormon, he wrote, supposedly from an angel come down from heaven. His name was Moroni. When the Bible says explicitly, the Apostle Paul says, if that happens, you know they're not true. I told somebody in teaching a Bible study this week what I always teach in the first lesson of Bible study series that I start with people I have for years. Everybody believes something, even the Atheists believe there is no God. Musicians, you can come. I'll get to number one real quick. And everybody bases what they believe on something. I choose to believe what the largest religion in the world, most practiced religion in the world, bases their belief on as a Christian on the Word of God. Um, Islam is the fastest-growing religion in the world. You can see there are 1.8 billion constituents. Christianity is 2.3 billion. And they are very quickly catching up. Many experts believe that the Islam... Religion will surpass Christianity in the number of people in the world practicing it by 2050, which is, what, 26 years from now? And they're just basing that on how fast they've grown over the last 100 years, and they're growing exponentially. Christianity only makes up 31% of all people in the world practicing some kind of religion. And it is shrinking in that percentage every year. Uh, There are a couple of countries where 100% of the people are Christians. The first one is the Vatican City. That's where the Pope and all the heads of the Catholic Church are over in Rome. In the Pitcairn Islands, then you see several countries. Several countries in the high 90s. Uh, percent of their population are Christian many of those are Roman Catholic some are Protestant uh, you can't see it because it's too fine a print again I apologize for that but you will not find on this list the country that we are in right now United States of America uh, I uh don't remember, I looked it up last night, but I forgot to write it down, what percentage of our country heralds themselves as Christians of some kind. But we know that this religion, Christianity, of course, is based around the birth and the life and the death of Jesus Christ. And uh, Christians believe that the Son of God, there's only one God, and Son of God, Jesus Christ, was sent to save the world, crucified on a cross for the forgiveness of sin. The first, according to the Bible, the first church organized itself 50 days after Jesus' death. That's what Pentecost means. It literally means the word 50. The day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was poured out, the birthday of the New Testament church that's still going on 2,000 years later, was 50 days after. Jesus died, and uh, there's other things about Christianity that I'm not going to take the time to read. But it boils down to this: Everybody believes something, and everybody bases what they believe on something. I choose to believe the Bible. Oh, here it is. I did write it down. Since its founding, in the United States has been a majority Christian. Nation, while it's the dominant religion, the country's Christian majority has been shrinking for decades. Now, a new study from Pew Research Center shows that as of 2020, the number of Americans who identify as Christian is about 64%. Fifty years ago, the number was 90% of Americans called themselves a Christian of some kind, of some church. If that trend continues, Pew Pew predicts that Christians could become a minority in just a few decades, possibly by 2070. It wouldn't surprise me if it came far sooner than that. But you've got to believe something, ladies and gentlemen. As we stand together tonight in closing, there's a scripture I believe I can hear it speaking out to us tonight in Proverbs 23 where the wise man Solomon made this statement. Buy the truth and sell it not praise God. How many are thankful tonight that you know the truth? Somebody said, well, you you folks who say that as though not everybody in the world and not everybody in Christianity knows the truth or adheres to the truth. Well, they don't. That's right, sister. What is the truth? It's, It's this book. It's the Word of God. If it's in here, it's true. If it's not, and I don't have time to go into what that means. But don't you think it would behoove us to pray this prayer, God? I want to know the truth. Whatever that is. You've got a church on on every other corner in this in every other town in America. And they all don't teach and preach the same thing. Somebody's got to be wrong and somebody's got to be right. I'm sorry, but that's 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 the way it is what does this book say what does this book tell us that's how you gauge what the truth is would you bow your heads with me tonight and let's pray a prayer of dismissal and closing and say God help us to do what your word says in this verse in Proverbs 23 help us to buy the truth and do everything we can to hold possession of it through the rest of this life on earth. Lord, pray with me right now, would you? It's so important. This issue is so very vitally important. It's crucial, God. It's crucial to our eternal destiny and where we're going to spend forever, whether in a place called heaven or in a lake of fire burning with brimstone called hell. And, Lord, there's people who don't believe in that, what I just said right now. But it's in your Word, and it's the truth. Help us to come to love the truth. Help us to come to know that your Word is the only truth in this life. It's the only truth whereby we can find salvation. It's the only truth whereby we can know the one true God whose name is Jesus. We praise you tonight, for you have cast that light of truth. Across this congregation and around this country, around the world, I pray, Lord, that everyone under the sound of my voice and everyone in our families and everyone that we know and everyone that we ever come in contact with for the rest of our lives would somehow be influenced to have this desire more than any other desire, to want this more than they want anything else in this life, to know the truth to make it a part of their life, to obey it, to live it, and to find it as the only way to eternal life for all of eternity. Help us to do that ourselves, and help us to proclaim this truth to every one we can. We thank you for the truth tonight. What a blessing it is. Dismiss us, Lord, not from your presence and not from our responsibility to share this truth with everyone we know. Keep us by your hand of mercy and grace as we go in your will and we'll thank you for it and praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen. God bless you tonight. Greet one another, greet our guests tonight. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. Calvary Church is located at 406 North 44th Street in Mount Vernon, Illinois. Service times are Sunday school at 1 p.m. every Sunday, except the last Sunday of each month, and worship service at 2 p.m. Also, we have an all-church service at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. Calvary Church is affiliated with the United Pentecostal Church International. Thank you and have a blessed day.